Welcome to the Football Business Academy podcast. The FBA is a football business educational company entirely dedicated to the football industry. We run a professional master in football business and a number of certificates across the world. Thank you for being with us today. Now enjoy the episode and let's build the future of football together. Good morning, good afternoon, or indeed good evening. Wherever you are tuning in from, welcome to the first of our free weekly live webinars brought to you by the Football Business Academy. My name is Christian Dobrev. I'm Chief Partnerships Officer at the FBA and I'll be moderating this webinar. Now, the reason we've launched this webinar series was to provide anyone and everyone who has an interest in football business with some exciting content which they can look forward to in these difficult times of confinement and keep your curiosity for learning high. Now, at this point, I want to introduce our featured speaker so we can get into our content. Our guest is Olivier Yarosh. He's managing partner at Club Affairs, which is a Swiss advisory firm focusing on strategies for clubs, associations, and governing bodies. Prior to that, he spent almost 11 years at the European Club Association as their head of club affairs, and he was also the director of their club management program. In his time, he's visited over 200 clubs and must have met a thousand club representatives, so I think it's fair to say that he'll know a thing or two about how the COVID-19 might be impacting the football clubs in Europe. Indeed, he's been working on this topic for already two weeks because he was mandated by one of the European football leagues to find out what are the risks, what are the impacts, and what opportunities can emerge once football returns to our lives. Olivier, welcome to this webinar and thank you for joining us. Good, uh, good afternoon, uh, good morning, uh, depending on the location you are, or good evening. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Christian, for the introduction. I'd like to raise the point that, first of all, I'm not uh, an expert uh, in the COVID, and I think no one is really an expert on, on COVID-19. But uh, we made a detailed study, in fact, for, for league. We, we made a risk assessment to see the effect on um, the leagues and the clubs. But of course, we have to say that uh, at this stage, the, the main challenge for clubs is clearly the protection of players, uh, the staff and the families, as well as actually the containment of the whole society. So we might have seen uh, several times this uh, hashtag stay home, but this is clearly also something we have to take care, especially also in respect to the medical staff and the people that are most in need. Uh, Overall, there is clearly uh, an immediate business stabilization, which is crucial uh, for clubs, uh, for organization. And it doesn't apply only for football, but, but mainly for most of the organization, a cash flow control. Uh, but we started, and many clubs started to do also some contract analysis, as well as to see the salary optimization that will be very, very important in the short term. We've seen that some clubs asked uh, their staff or the players also to have a cost reduction, uh, meaning savings and potentially even uh, reducing the salary. And this will be something very important to follow in the, in the short term as well as actually uh, 
the different support packages that uh, clubs might ask for government uh, authorities. At the same time, in terms of mid-long term, the industry will uh, really face a lot, a lot of different challenges, uh, especially in this economic uh, environment. And most likely, new social practices and potentially even governmental limitation will really dictate the new panorama of football. So, so I really do think this is something we already have to think about the, the, the how football will 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 work in the post-COVID um, effect. At the same time, there are really uh, certainly uh, opportunities. Uh, it's probably the right time to really evaluate the different optimal models for, for the future and also engage maybe in the, um, some new developments, some new businesses models, uh, such as esports, maybe virtual reality, or let's see, maybe it will have a, a really important effect on, on social initiatives. So at this stage, we are very uh, currently assessing different effects, and we really looked at hundreds of, of clubs and also at and many leagues. So today I will uh, try to present you those uh, different elements. Um, and at the same time, you know, I must say that I was thinking uh, while FDA asked me to do this presentation, because on one side, the situation is critical in many, many countries uh, from a medical health point of view. But at the same time, it reminds me of the quote from uh, Arigosaki, who said, football is the most important of the least important things in life. And I think this applies today, and this is why we, we still try to do this, uh, this uh, webinar. So I'd like to thank those who are following me, those who are listening to this webinar, and we'll try to go and give you as much as possible information. But as you could imagine, the situation is extremely dynamic. Uh, in terms of the session itself, as Christian uh, said, uh, I will aim to, to give you some information about uh, the impact calculation we, we already did in the last two weeks. Uh, we can look. We, we will look also on some specific leagues and also on some specific clubs. Uh, the potential area of impact and potential risk. Uh, due to the timing, I'm only. I will really focus on the short-term effect. Uh, but of course, the huge, the, the biggest part is actually to do the the medium-term and long-term effects. But also, as I said, and 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 clearly, it's really maybe a right time to think. I mean, it's it's clearly a difficult time for for many of us. But let's raise the hand, the the, the think about the future and the different future opportunities. And but before that, I'd like also to say that. Uh, we can already start to see some some positive effect, if I may say so, uh, if you allow me, because we saw that, uh, for example, we there is a lot of positive energy uh, from people uh, from the different uh, areas of our society. Uh, if we go and and look about football, of course, there is this um, the stakeholders uh, took a different stand uh, stance to work together. And uh, we had the letter of unity between UEFA, ECA, FIFA, and European leagues. And we see a lot of interesting initiatives from, from, from club. Um, we, we, I just received before, before starting, I realized that uh, some players also are extremely active. And Robert Lewandowski just gave now, uh, he announced it yesterday, but formally he did 
the, the gesture today with uh, supporting 1 million euro as a financial support. So we clearly see that different areas of our society are, are starting to, to be involved in this uh, football uh, and COVID crisis. As I said, if you look from a brief analysis, the COVID will have an important effect on football. Uh, we can look at it from a short, medium, and long term. Uh, short term is, of course, the first order effects, and, and, and the direct ones are already uh, clearly visible. And is definitely the biggest uh, impact is the match day reduction. So match behind closed doors, uh, they generate no revenues and they will uh, still attract costs because in the end stadiums are there. Um, according to actually the UFA report, uh, the benchmarking report, on average it's around 15% of revenues of a club. But we know that the reality is extremely different country to country and uh, if you look at the Scottish Premiership, uh, the figures goes up to 43%. So you could really imagine that it might affect uh, a lot of clubs already now. And, and, and in, in the long term, it might really create a lot of issues because most of the clubs are, are very dependent on that. Um, if we look about sponsors and commercials, of course, this has also significant, uh, maybe rather indirect impact, but uh, matches are being played, uh, are not being played, but if they might be played behind closed doors, it will uh, reduce activity levels and it will of course create um, an economic slowdown. And this will have all an effect uh, and really depending on the club, on the society and also on the business model of, of the club. Um, if we look at the UFR at this stage, um, it has a moderate direct impact, I would say. Uh, even though UEFA financial distribution pool is also built on TV and sponsorship commercial uh, revenue deals. Uh, so there will be some really impact depending on UEFA contracted terms. Uh, but this will not really be seen in the, in the super short term. It's something to deal with in the, the medium and long term. And the last one is the TV. Uh, TV are, has been very inventive to find solutions uh, to replace and so show some archives. Uh, but the key factor will be actually to see if the matches are not played at all or if they are played in a more reduced uh, uh, scenario. So this, all of this will have a, a different uh, significant fixtures, a uh, list of amendments to be done and it will have uh, really uh, an effect. And if, if you look, for example, in France, uh, there's still two, two payments to be, to be performed uh, in April and in June when it comes to TV rights. And some clubs already started to put uh, uh, players under the, an employment scheme. Uh, we saw Olympique Lyonnais, we saw Bordeaux, uh, we saw Montpellier and Nice uh, also in form. Taking into consideration that the average salary of night uh, in France is around 95,000 uh, euro. Uh, you could imagine that the local regulation that uh, allow club to have up to 4.5% of the minimum salary is certainly uh, one of the challenge. And we saw also uh, here in Switzerland that FCSIO actually reduced, uh, wanted to reduce um, the salaries of of the players 
and because the, the local regulation is you get 80% of your salary maximum to 12,500 and um, the club is uh, decided, I mean Christian Constantin uh, decided to fire nine players out of the squad which also raised a lot of questions that could be discussed in, in a different seminar, webinar when it comes to the legal aspect, but also lawyers will, of course, have a lot of work now. Uh, but at the same time, and here is just four elements, but in reality, we have to look around uh, the whole spectrum of the different uh, situations going to happen in football, taking into account that the relation will be uh, the clubs versus the intermediaries versus the player. And, and you could still imagine that some of the clubs uh, really actually are very dependent on the trading of players and, and where traditionally we used to have uh, uh, English clubs buying actually players from, uh, from Europe. Uh, but you could imagine that this also uh, with the uncertainty we already had with the Brexit, but together now with, with this policy will, will have an effect, uh, uh, a snowball effect on and the leagues, the likes of the also championship, the Spanish league, the Italian league, the French league, or all the Belgium. I haven't mentioned at all one more thing, but there's a lot of different elements. But of course, today training sessions are postponed. Uh, we did not really refer about youth teams, which are also one of the biggest departments in the football club, so the kids are not playing. Um, we haven't mentioned also the women's team. And uh, also, I think, uh, if, if you look uh, at the different level of the football pyramid, also amateur football will be hit uh, quite heavily, uh, because in reality, in, in summer, or especially Easter, too, Easter, Easter period, you have a lot of those uh, tournaments, which, which are financially making support uh, to, uh, to the finances of the club. So this is something which, it's a long exercise of assessment, but um, we, we, we looked at, at it uh, quite, uh, quite in a different level of, 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 the, of the pyramid, but also focusing on the direct uh, effect, but that will have those medium and, and long term. Uh, you have seen also probably on, uh, on the different social media, uh, in the press potentially, the European leagues, uh, they also did an exercise to see what is the overview of the competition as from 16th of March, which is actually still valid. So I will not go through the details, but it, it's interesting to look at it where, where the games were suspended as from one and officially until when, uh, as well as actually the practices uh, in terms of restriction. But as you could imagine, and as I said already, the situation is quite dynamic and there's less and less uh, uh, matches, even trainings, uh, etc. because in reality, local uh, legislation applied there. Um, now, if you allow me, I'd like to, to use the, 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 the 20, 25 more minutes uh, to show you more or less around the different overall impact calculation. Uh, and for that, we, we actually looked at the, the UFA benchmarking uh, report, the latest one, and this is in reality the latest uh, uh, revenues uh, on the European club revenues. So clearly TV is one of the biggest uh, elements, uh, followed by sponsorship, Magi Day, etc. 
But the reality is that the situation is very, very different from country to country. So uh, match day revenues uh, might be wiped totally in case of all match cancellation. Uh, we still had some countries indeed that played, uh, but the reality is that uh, uh, the situation is quite uh, difficult. And also clubs are actually seeing already and facing a lot of pressure uh, to compensate supporters who actually purchase the season ticket or match day tickets for, for the affected games. And depending actually on also on the, on the, on the contractual relation with, with the customers, this has already uh, given some, some, some huge amount of work to the clubs. Um, the sponsorship also uh, certainly will face a significant pressure uh, because sponsors and commercial partners will, will not get in the, 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 the marketing visibility and the different activation of, uh, of their services and the likes of, of the hospitality in the deal stay they actually sign. So, so this is something which is already uh, still short-term effect, so it's not been seen yet that much, but, 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 but this is really where we really realize that no matches have uh, a direct impact on that. And of course, the revenue from broadcasters, uh, as I said, will be strongly affected um, and still depends on the on the, the fact that if until the end of the season uh, games will be completely cancelled or if we're gonna have some games behind closed doors uh, and still shown on TV. At this stage it's very early to, um, to, to, to finalize uh, and say what will be the situation. Uh, I'm sure there is a lot of plenty of different uh, task forces now and working groups trying to, to evaluate the, the possibility of doing it. But in the end, you have the national legislation. And for example, if you look at European games, uh, if the borders are closed, uh, then of course you can imagine that European games are, are, are very in, in, a, in, a, in a more, it's, it's going to be much more complicated to, to organize. Uh, so yeah, this might uh, generate re-evaluation of the payments eventually, uh, or the existing media, media rights. But with this in mind, actually, what we, we've done is we looked at uh, the impact on several leagues and, and, and clubs uh, based on, on two scenarios. And uh, we developed a coefficient, actually. We developed two different coefficients to look at the different four different elements that are, that are, that are on the screen. And one scenario is actually looking at if everything is completely cancelled till the end of the season, let's, let's say by, uh, until the end of June, but we did it also per month. Or the second scenario is um, we actually look at it in the case that there is still some new possibilities, uh, the likes of the possibility of some games being played, uh, of course, behind uh, closed doors with potentially I would say uh, a limitation of 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 um, supporters uh, before just actually the the in the end it was cancelled, but uh, in Poland, for example, they they did they they wanted to have the games played behind closed doors 
with a maximum of 999 supporters. So this potentially uh, maybe again I'm saying maybe could be could be an option uh, in the in the few months to, to come. But if we look at this uh, two things, the two scenarios, so the first one, as I said, is actually match day sponsorship and commercial revenues are severely reduced. Uh, TV and other revenues are also very strongly impacted. At this stage, there's no immediate impact on UFR revenues. Uh, and of course, it depends also if the club play or does not play European competition. And this cumulative impact, uh, if we looked at all leagues uh, based on the, on, on the, on the figures we, we had it above, we, we would turn to an important uh, loss of a 6.25%, and this one I mean uh, per, per month, uh, if we have the scenario one. In case we have the scenario two, which is uh, the games played behind closed doors, then of course here it depends on many different areas, the likes of uh, games which are with limited numbers of, uh, of, of fans or supporters or uh, luxury, I would say, hospitality. Uh, if the TV rights are not that much affected and, and so there is a, a kind of agreement between uh, leagues and uh, broadcasters. Um, and for that scenario, uh, we, 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 in this coefficient, we kind of mitigated the, the different things. And the cumulative impact uh, reduction for every single month of uh, lockdown, it's not anymore a consolation, but rather lockdown, we evaluated it at around 2.30% uh, uh, per month. And through this, this is a, a generic approach. And what we've done now is actually we try to cascade around through the different leagues. And I will not show you all the leagues, but I will, I've just selected a few leagues, which also might give you some uh, some idea for, for the future, uh, as well as some clubs. And I'd like to show you here four different leagues, uh, just in, in a nutshell. So clearly the most uh, popular or one of the most popular league and, uh, is the Premier League, which is the richest domestic football uh, league in the world. We know that actually English top division clubs in the last few years occupied most of the position in the list of the world richest uh, clubs. And this has been uh, underpinned by, by record-breaking uh, media news, uh, media media rights deals every, every cycle. Uh, needless to, to remind them. But uh, this business uh, model, which, uh, which, is, uh, which is very depending on TV, will be certainly hit um, quite importantly by, by the COVID-19 crisis. Based on the scenario one, we could have up to a 6.67% loss per month, uh, which I remind you it's uh, a complete cancellation, uh, or up to 1.97% per month if you have a lockdown. So you clearly see that there is a, a strong interest and also uh, by the different uh, committees of the league to find solutions to start uh, as soon as, as, as possible the uh, games and at least not to postpone too much. So of course, eventually um, in future assessments we, we might do, we might 
calculate one month with a complete full uh, lock, uh, complete full cancellation, where we would, let's say, start in May with a lockdown uh, progressive. And the more data, the more info, the more, let's say, mechanism you, you have, the better you are able to, to certainly assess. Um, if you look at another league, which is, uh, which is uh, very interesting, is, is the German league, the German Bundesliga. Uh, clearly, German football is, is highly developed. Revenue sources are very well uh, diversified compared to the, to the European average. Um, as a league, certainly, uh, the Bundesliga is, is quite exposed, especially if it's quite, quite long. Um, as, as almost a three-month shutdown of competition could lead up to, to 18% of the clubs in the Bundesliga. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, this will affect uh, this, this unprecedented crisis, might, might really affect uh, these revenue streams in, uh, in, in Bundesliga, despite of the fact that they tried diversification in the, in the, last, in the last few years. So, uh, if we look at uh, scenario one, we would have a 6.17 per month, whereas in scenario two, you would have 2.32 percent uh, per month. Uh, so you see, even though they are less dependent on TV, they still are affected by, by the sponsorship uh, and commercial and match day, which in the end as a whole pot uh, could affect them uh, according to those uh, percentages. But I also looked, uh, we also looked with our team about the impact on different other specific leagues. And I took the example of Montenegro, the Telecom one. Uh, why? Because uh, for, for a certain period of time, Montenegro has not been hit by uh, the coronavirus. Um, and the first case appeared seven days ago, uh, which means that uh, it was for a certain period of time has been seen that this league will, will be able to, to continue to play. But nevertheless, uh, they, they shut down the league as, as, the, as the others, and not, not waiting for, for, for any, any period. Um, when it comes to, to Montenegro, uh, we know that um, the country has a club revenues of total of 5 million euro. Uh, and basically, the, 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 they really are dependent on the UFA revenues, uh, but very difficult to assess other revenues, the likes of uh, commercial sources, uh, which are not that important because it's a, it's a smaller uh, market uh, scenario. Nevertheless, for the, the different impact, and you already realize the impact in scenario one would be uh, smaller, whereas the impact with the scenario two, which means um, behind closed doors, would rather only be uh, to 0.89% per month. And this is where um, it was worth to already look at, let's say, two top leagues uh, and, and, and the smaller leagues, because as you know, uh, probably very well, uh, the TV rights in 2018 for, for the big five accounted up to, to 90 percent. Uh, 90 so, so this is where it's a very, very important source of revenue. But I also looked at, uh, at one other element we, we added, 
uh, is the, the impact of, uh, from the Faroe Islands. You might smile uh, why we, we decided with the team to look at the better blading, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing it quite uh, wrongly. Uh, but it's very interesting to see that the impact uh, of scenario one and scenario two are much lower, uh, certainly because of the size of the league, of the reality of the league, but also this league is much more working uh, kind of self-isolation, uh, which means they are slightly less dependent. Nevertheless, also in Friar Islands has been stopped, um, but we thought that would be also interesting to look at it. So technically, um, through this, it's possible to look at the different uh, scenarios, different leagues, and not only for, for Europe, of course, but also on a worldwide basis. So, uh, just to summarize, already the first part and the, the second part, the main challenge for clubs is clearly uh, the protection of uh, the players and the staff. Mm, the business stabilization, such as the cash flow control, as well as the salary optimization will be very, very important in the short term. And another element from the mid long term, the industry will face a lot of different challenging circumstances and we'll see how this is gonna develop and also governmental limitation. And if we go further, uh, as I said, it's certainly good point to uh, further see if digitalization will, will be accelerated, if we might go more towards esports, et cetera, because we saw actually there's a lot of different initiatives from clubs to start their uh, esports uh, tournament, etc., uh, and that's a very, very interesting uh, progress. In terms of area of impacts, also we we looked at uh, the different areas, and uh, of course the first one assessed is the business area. Another one that I also mentioned uh, uh, partially was uh, the sport. And the third one is, of course, the community, which most likely will will become, um, I would say, much more taken into consideration, if I may say so, uh, because essentially clubs as organization are embedded within um, within uh, within within the local area. So, so we saw already um, some initiatives from from clubs. Uh, very interesting initiatives, um, and I think this this element will will go will go even 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 will be more much more prominent in the so-called post-COVID uh, case scenario. In the business, in the short term, the first order effects are of course the loss of revenues, match day sponsorship, commercial, the unforeseen costs, the compensation uh, to tickets holders, the supplier costs. Uh, the deep cleaning costs, because also this is something to take into consideration. In terms of sports, the disruption of a training, uh, the danger of, 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 of quarantine, and the player loss of condition and form. Uh, we saw that some players in NBA are completely uh, immune, despite of having the, the COVID, but we saw also in Spain uh, a Marathonian said that he 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 was coughing for for 15 minutes. Uh, so so you clearly see it doesn't it doesn't. I think 
for, for, for a while we, we, we kind of also heard and bracket outside of football, we've heard that this touch only all, all elderly people and young people or people in good health are not affected. But we now already see that is not really the, the truth. So uh, clearly uh, the fight against the, the spread of the virus is, is crucial. But in the short uh, effect terms, we, we might see this, this uh, condition form. And I would say in terms of community, it's also uh, certainly could be a loss of, of different reputation to, to mitigate the, the inability to, to fulfill match day obligations one, uh, especially for, for those who, who took uh, uh, membership, et cetera, et cetera. So this is something to, to clearly have a look. Um, and this one is just for the first order. I, I will not go into details of the, the second uh, order effects uh, or, or the, the, the long-term effects. But clearly, um, I think in terms of second effect, we might see that uh, the supply chain uh, will be broken in a way because most of the production is, is done in China. So it's probably a good time for those brands that are producing, uh, I don't know, in Poland or, or Turkey. Uh, in terms of, of TV rights, as I said, um, this could be uh, also an area that's gonna be assessed in the future. And in the medium term, if I if I if I may uh, use this this period time frame as clearly the transfer activity, uh, we you could imagine, and again, if you look at the at the data, uh, the gross earnings per country as a percentage of aggregate revenue in 2018, for some countries is extremely important. The likes of Croatia, which is almost 141 percent, Serbia 76, Portugal 61, or Moldova. 43. So this really the transfer period will be very strange this year. Um, it's going to be certainly a lot of loans with uh, options, uh, but this will be uh, heavily uh, affected, especially that for for from a, from a financial financial point of view. Not entering into even the discussion about financial for play, this is seen as a as an asset. In terms of a third. Uh, or the effects, and um, this will raise the whole uh, almost, um, I would say, sociological question. Maybe, maybe in the future, the interest in football, whether people will go uh, in the stadium, uh, how will be the uh, club valuation in the future, and certainly also the change of ownership. I think uh, we've seen uh, in some countries, in some leagues, that there is always an important um movements of new owners um some clubs uh, actually most of the clubs are, are on sale so there might be even more interest for clubs uh, to be sold and actually try to get a minimum of cash flow for, for the owner um so this is kind of different elements which clearly need to be uh, assessed right uh, one maybe one more point before um going to the um, some club estimates, but of course the Euro 2020 uh, will, uh, as, as announced, as a postponed to June 2021, and this will have a, a calendar impact on the different uh, other events, such as, for example, the UEFA Women's Euro, uh, 
uh, or the UEFA Nations League, etc., the FIFA World Club Cup, etc., and beyond. Um, and again, at the beginning, I, I made sure to also uh, refer to not only the top leagues, but also on the other leagues, winter leagues, summer leagues, amateur leagues, etc. Uh, and of course, the impact, the economic impact, which is uh, reality, uh, it's, it's a huge cash flow for, for, for UEFA. And uh, compared to non-euro year, and this is something which will create uh, budgetary gap not only for UFA but also for different national associations so you see that this has a, a really uh, a knock-on effect on the whole football uh, pyramid and this is in a, in a kind of a webinar approach um, I want, we, I, I wanted the, uh, to, to present you some of the information that have been already done in the last in the last few weeks um, try to have a, a potential assessment. I'm sure there's really um, a lot of different uh, challenges and unseen actually situations. Very complicated to embrace all the different elements. Uh, we were able to, to go up to almost uh, 50, 60 different areas. Um, we we try to touch upon uh, those different elements that I will have a. Uh, uh, snowball effect um, and yeah I mean it's too early to say what's going to be the, the future and that was not the point to read in the crystal ball but maybe uh, depending on let's say the corporate greed or, or let's say the budget bottom line of, of the primary driver of decision making we'll see how this will create and challenging public relation cases and also how it will create relation between people stakeholders and, 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 and football clubs overall. At the same time, um, it's, uh, it's interesting to wonder if, you know, are we gonna be affected? Uh, and I'm sure some webinars, some future webinars of the FBA will talk about that, about the kind of post-war effect we saw in the, after the Second World War, the behaviors changed quite, quite importantly. Um, the future of esports, the future of digitalization, etc. I think those areas are, are very, very interesting to 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 cover and and to think about it. And this will uh, raise uh, certainly a lot of questions. And again, I would be very happy to try to answer some of them if I if 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 I manage. Uh, so I will let uh, Christian to take it over and, and say a few, uh, and introduce maybe some, some of the questions. Thank you, Olivier. Thank you for uh, sharing this wonderful presentations with uh, everyone that's joined us. Uh, we did indeed get quite a lot of questions uh, over the past 40 minutes. Um, I've noted down several of them. Uh, others will definitely be, as you said, answered in, uh, in the upcoming weeks as we have uh, selected already a few other topics and speakers um, for this series. Uh, so maybe just to start off with, um, Juan Ceballos uh, asks, how long can European clubs survive with games being played under closed doors? So basically that means, I guess, how long before many of them start facing bankruptcy? 
Well, the, the answer is, is unfortunately pretty obvious in the sense that it depends case by case uh, scenario. Uh, some of the clubs, uh, they have rather correct cash flow, uh, especially if they try to mitigate as quick as possible with unemployment procedures for the staff. Um, but in reality, this situation, this crisis, will really show which clubs are rather well managed or which clubs put too many eggs in uh, one basket, meaning the broadcastings, uh, revenues, etc. Um, and I think it's really, really clearly a case-by-case -case scenario, but I would kind of almost imagine that the Scottish clubs could be the first one to, to have a, a crucial issue because 43%, as I said, match day revenues. It's still an average, so potentially you might have some clubs which are even even higher. So yeah, I mean, there's no point to go case by case, but uh, but certainly, uh, certainly, I would say the on the worldwide level, um, you 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 realize some leagues was actually much much better run than 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 we uh, we thought so. Okay, thank you. Uh, then we have. Renato asking, uh, which clubs are doing the best charity actions in light of COVID-19? Um, well, that's a very interesting question. Uh, I think I, I followed some of them and, and, and my colleague also, Siri, looked at it uh, uh, carefully. Uh, we, we saw that, uh, um, for example, uh, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea is an interesting case because they have uh, a Millennium Hotel there, and they gave it, uh, they offered to the to the NHS, so they they made a, a kind of a gesture. Uh, we saw, I mean, um, it's not really the CSR or social activity as such, but Manchester United also decided that they will continue to pay staff uh, even if the league is cancelled. So this kind of information, on the more a different level we saw that you know um, Inter Milan for example uh, they offered 500,000 uh, euro for, for hospital uh, players and staff also gave a day uh, of the salary to, to support uh, to support uh, action in Italy uh, Mr. Zhang gave also 100,000 uh, euro and the club also asked the supporters to, to give a uh, to do the same, um, and if you look at widespread in Europe, uh, you have the actions of I don't know Social Montbéliard in France, which the ultras activated themselves in order to support elderly people to to do the groceries for them, or um, recently uh, we saw the Torcida fans from Hajduk Split. Uh, I think there were 60 60 uh, guys. They helped uh, in the hospital to remove the beds and the chairs to transfer to another location. So those initiatives are, are, are quite, uh, are quite, uh, quite uh, important. Um, I think also Celtic was supposed to start today a soup in the stadium for the most uh, in need. So as I said before in the presentation, this community uh, area will, will, will become even more, more visible and that would kind of answer the question uh, what is the role of a football club in the end? Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that as well. Um, then we have Philip Singbike 
if I pronounce that correctly, asking, could the impact of COVID-19 trigger foreign direct investment in clubs and enhance potential acquisitions? The answer is certainly yes. Uh, certainly, the, this will have a, uh, an effect because if you, if, you, if you imagine that the club valuation will, will decrease, on the, and on the other side, you might have a lot of owners that are in need of a cash flow or still thinking, okay, it's still a time to retract and not to lose too much. Uh, then this will have a, uh, an important, uh, uh, an important uh, element to take into consideration. So, so it's too early to say uh, the figures, especially depending on the clubs, but yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, great. Then we have uh, Jacob Nash asking, what are the indirect impacts um, specifically related to Euro 2020, now Euro 2021? How will this affect non-sports related labor market in football? Um, giving the example of the Danish FA having fired a number of people and, and sent others home. It's a very, uh, very interesting question. Uh, I think uh, we saw in the past some studies that show how many are uh, dire direct uh, uh, employees are working for football industry and how many uh, indirect jobs exist. Uh, we come back to this kind of almost uh, figures that were provided by the European Union a couple of years ago saying that almost 2.5% of the of the European GDP is, uh, is kind of linked with the sports in general and an entertainment uh, industry related to sport activities. Maybe there was too much, maybe maybe you could have mitigated, but certainly the, the knock-on effect is, is quite, uh, it's, quite uh, it's quite important. Uh, at this stage, uh, I think uh, um, the idea is to postpone. So in the case of year 2020, you might have uh, maybe a reduction of staff for a couple of months to go because there's no immediate need for that. Uh, but I would not really think it's a, it's a situation that tomorrow zero people will be involved because in the end you still have to, to keep this, uh, this, 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 uh, this event uh, to be well prepared. And especially now, because potentially you will have to increase your, your hygienic uh, and, and safety uh, consideration. So if you see, your, uh, I don't go out, so I don't know, but uh, if you look at, uh, at the media, you see the companies for delivery, home food delivery, uh, cleaning outside, uh, plus the videos you can see from China, you could see that a lot of people are involved in the cleaning exercise. So probably in the end, uh, the hygienic measures will, will be really, really increased. And I think, and I finish with that, uh, overall this all, um, it started two, three weeks ago uh, with the wash your hands, uh, etc. cetera. In, in a medium long-term perspective, this is certainly a, a, a great new behavior to have that will um, save lives in reality. We, we, we focus very much on COVID, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a medical staff to, to judge it, but we clearly see that the fact that people will start to have positive behaviors and coronavirus is just one of the viruses that exists worldwide, and there are even some of them are even worse. Those good behaviors will be very, very positive on the long term. So 
organizations, football will certainly have to uh, have a role to play to to even disseminate even further those those best practices or right I think practices. Okay, yeah, definitely. And then we have Watu asking, in which leagues do you foresee teams having stronger abilities to lobby for or access to public sector money for potential bridge loans or other fiscal support? Well, the, the leagues that ask the report. <laughs> Uh, well, I think uh, it's a very interesting question to see uh, to what extent sports will be considered uh, by the public authorities as, uh, as an important uh, sector. Uh, because I would imagine that uh, you, uh, the, the, the sector, the likes of the medical sector will be much, much more in need uh, now on in the short, medium term. Uh, to what extent this kind of concept of specificity of sports and the need of sports, especially in the need of football, might might attract revenues? Uh, I don't know, but uh, taking into uh, quoting the 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 the, 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 the Vaux chancellor, she said that uh, between uh, losing lives and losing jobs, we opted for the losing jobs. Uh, but at the same time, in Canton de Genève, you could see that uh, sports gets four times less than the cultural, let's say, uh, entertainment, uh, meaning operas, etc., theater. So who will be able to judge it uh, according to which uh, mattresses? I think uh, I think this will uh, will play a crucial role. So those who are able to provide the most information uh, will, will certainly be able to, to get uh, uh, financial support. So it's not so much per leagues, it's more about the data uh, sharing exercise. Yeah, great. Then we have um, Nicolas Moya asking, how do you see the impacts on future negotiations on TV rights? saying broadcasters and advertisers are short on cash. Would this be the moment for Facebook, Amazon, or Google, for example, to take over the TV rights? Um, well, uh, the, I, I think the moment where, where this webinar goes on YouTube uh, in 10 minutes, or and if people look at it in one month's time, the answer would be very, very different because we're still in the situation where we are technically, let's say, 10, 15 days after the kind of lockdown. Uh, so at this stage, it's not really uh, a measure to take into consideration, uh, but potentially in the negotiation power, uh, this will, uh, will have an effect. But in reality, to, to answer to, uh, to that gentleman, uh, I think it's interesting to question if after the crisis, and that's why we are also starting to do some post-COVID restart strategies, is to ask ourselves if people will prefer after, let's say, let's, let's admit six months of containment. Something I hope never gonna happen, but if we have six months of containment, are you really going to watch a football game afterwards, or are you going to go to the football game itself? And if yes, 
are you gonna feel secure from a healthy point of view? So, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, in reality in football, it's, it's also interesting because everybody thinks the other wants to overuse your position. So, uh, you know, this question could have been the same. Is the player gonna ask more for the intermediary or the intermediary more the club or the club will ask less on the on the player, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, I, th I think it's it's important to remain or stay or actually build a kind of unity because um, you know if you if if your club cut wages, uh, it's not because they don't like you; it's because it's about also the future. Sure, yeah, definitely. Then I'm also happy to see some of our FBA alumni having joined us and ask some questions. We have uh, Maria Laura Ordonez asking. How can clubs add value to season ticket holders for them not to demand partial refunds or any compensation at all? Um, well, uh, you might have seen some, some already some initiatives from clubs to, to offer them some special content. Uh, maybe as a meme is like uh, everywhere now is Ronaldinho. Uh, you could hear so many stories about him. Uh, so there was even a journalist who asked him, uh, when you shoot uh, your goal uh, with Paris Saint-Germain uh, those time years ago, what was your feeling at that specific time? Uh, in reality, cl clubs, they, they, they also, those who were able to archive a lot of interesting data or, or information about the games, uh, they can really provide interesting uh, and tangible uh, offer. So I think this is something they're gonna develop. Uh, those ones who are digitally slightly more uh, in advance will, will have certainly a competitive advantage. But in the end, I think uh, what people are interested in is the emotions. And the question will be not so much about the content, but how do you are able to translate this emotional element uh, into something that is worth to watch. Hashtag, yeah. hashtag Roberto Baggio penalty uh, World Cup. <laughs> okay, and then another uh, alumni actually also, Ariana Kirsione, um asking, do you think it would be better for the likes of UEFA, FIFA to pick a far date, like August, for example, for clubs to restart and giving them the chance to plan a training program uh, for players rather than attempting at guessing at the return of play? Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's the last questions. Uh, uh, I would like to finish with a positive answer, uh, but it reminds me the the the, the, the interview with uh, Christian Drosten yesterday in Die Welt. Uh, he's an epidemiologist, and he said uh, he basically said that things that are uh, beautiful but not systematically important uh, will be avoided for the long term. Uh, he was referring to sport, which means that, uh, yeah, the, in, in the next few months, the things which are not necessarily needed uh, will not take place. Uh, but on the positive message, I would say that certainly more and more uh, individual uh, uh, physical, let's say, exercises will be much needed because essentially this crisis also shows that 
you know, we need to have a healthy society. Uh, and and uh, I mean, a good example is, is for example, uh, is, is here uh, AJK Helsinki, which as a part of their portfolio distribution of, of revenues, they also, they, they, they do at the stadium, uh, in their stadium, uh, health check exercise. So people are actually going to the stadiums to, to see uh, uh, how, how is their health. So, so yeah, Ariana, I'm not answering your questions, I know, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, certainly UEFA has, uh, has some information that, uh, that 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 comes from the national association and leagues, uh, but essentially, uh, but essentially, that would be something to to consider. Great. Thank you so much, Olivier, for, for sharing all of your insights on how COVID-19 is impacting football across Europe. Uh, and with that, it's time to wrap up this first webinar. Uh, I definitely want to thank everyone that tuned in from all over the world um, with uh, their, their questions as well. Many of them, I'm sure, as I said before, will be answered in the upcoming weeks as we will roll out uh, other webinars with other speakers giving different angles on how the COVID-19 is impacting certain elements of the industry. Thank you for watching and stay safe. Thank you very much, uh, FBA, for this webinar. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And make sure to follow FBA on our social media channels to not miss out on the next episodes coming soon. See you next time.